Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here's your host, Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Last week, I introduced a show which has a special significance for me, and I am happy to come back to present part two of the interview that I conducted with members of the board of the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo. General Manager Casey Beard and Head of PR Randy Thomas were generous in their telling of stories, present and past, of Roundup history. My heritage is wrapped up in the beautiful wildness of Eastern Oregon. I hear the historical stories of the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo and feel a flicker of desire to be able to jump on a horse and ride off into the sunset. And I hope that my listeners are feeling the same pull. In its gilded past, the rodeo attraction has attracted the likes of celebrities Yakima Kanut and Ben Johnson as competitors. In the lineup of events, the bull riding, saddlebrock riding, barrel racing, and steer roping are perennial favorites. But for me, the Native American relay race is not to be missed. This is a high-octane horse race by Indian riders on bareback thoroughbreds. The riders are experts in their capabilities as horsemen, and this raw event is dangerous, especially to the rider. The Native American tribesmen have been involved with the Pendleton Roundup since the beginning. In fact, one of the most famous names in Roundup history was Jackson Sundown, a Nez Perce Indian who won overall rodeo champion in 1916. Mr. Sundown was 53 years of age when he won. The crowds would go wild when he competed. He would tie his braids under his chin and lift his sombrero to start his ride. He was personified by grit and the mastering of any bronco that he rode. In honor of Jackson Sundown's legacy as a champion saddle bronc rider, the Pendleton Woolen Mills in 2016 designed a blanket dedicated to his memory. So let's return to PR director Randy Thomas as he goes further into the story behind the admirable Farmers Feeding Hunger program. You have such a huge, bountiful social conscience. Yes. That's, and, and this has always been, I'm sure, from the yeah, very beginning. We, we raise money through our Tough Enough to Wear Pink program mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Uh, breast cancer, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. patients, and we raise money on Saturday at our national, our Wrangler National Patriot Day. We raise money for the Oregon National Guard Relief Fund, which provides relief for families whose... Uh, you know, the serviceman has been injured or killed. And on Wednesday this year, we're going to start a new a new charity. Um, it's not a new charity. It's been around for about 10 years now called Farmers Ending Hunger. And about 10 years ago, a local Umatilla County man, Fred Ziari, Fred Ziari um, in Hermiston, heard a presentation about hunger in Oregon. And hunger in Oregon was rated like third... In the, in the nation, and he was shocked that in a land of bounty like mm-hmm. Oregon, mm-hmm. that there would be this issue. So I don't know how they define that, but there was some sort of a national ranking of hunger needs, and Oregon was very high, and he found that very shocking. So mm-hmm. he got together with farmers in Umatilla and Morrow County, and he said, <clears throat> let's, not, let's not do a gleaning program, or let's not donate anything that's left over or in any way secondary, let's purposefully plant extra. Let's purposefully raise extra. 
And um, last year they were able to produce and donate, I think it was 5 million pounds of food to the Oregon Food Bank, which gets then distributed through to needy families mm -hmm. throughout the state. And 85% um, of that bounty, although now it's grown into a statewide program, still comes from Umatilla and our neighboring Moro County. It comes Isn't from the local amazing. bounty of Eastern Oregon. It's <coughs> very impressive, Randy. Yeah, we're the least populated part of the state, but we produce this bounty. And so we're, we're going to do Farmers Ending Hunger Day wow. on Wednesday, where although the crops are donated, they still have to be transported. So we're going to try to raise money to help relieve and increase the transportation assistance for the food that gets So donated. your involvement is complete. Yeah. How impressive. The Pendleton Roundup has an economic footprint. Mm -hmm. um, the Roundup itself pays nearly $2 million in local services. Mm -hmm. So like insurance and nails and paint and fertilizer. We spend about $1.7 million in our local and neighboring zip codes Fantastic. just for services at home. But it also sells out all the hotels in town. Of fills course. all the restaurants in town because in Pendleton Main Street is closed the kids like I said are out of school mm -hmm. most businesses closed because everybody wants to come to the rodeo mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so the entire town it's it's unlike most areas the entire town is the roundup when you leave the roundup grounds downtown is a vibrant mm -hmm. evening culture where they have concerts on every corner so they'll have magicians and ventriloquists and I mean it's a whole <laughs> It's just, it's, it is a, it is a, another place and another time. It's, honestly, it's, it's just unique. You'd have to come here to see it. It's Letter Buck. I asked Randy Thomas and Casey Beard for their favorite stories of the Roundup, but I asked them to offer me something with grit. Well, grit comes from Letter Buck anyway. Mm -hmm. In 1911, the East Oregonian printed... Um, this famous quote, and I may not get it right. Do you have it, Casey? Can you when you get back on and grab the name? Yeah, it says, basically in essence, and I'll probably mess it up, but in essence, it's, it's said, when life is against you and circumstances are, when so the quote is basically, when circumstances are against you mm -hmm. and life deals you a blow, remember what the great Remember what the cowboys say in the great Northwest. You know, and get a hold in letterbuck. Yeah. Get get, get another get another hold, be a man and letterbuck. <laughs> and so letterbuck is, you know, a lot of people think letterbuck is kind of a call to party and have a good time, but actually letterbuck in its purest form, which really has stuck with us, mm -hmm. is overcoming adversity. Mm -hmm. When life is against you, remember Get back on, get another hole, be a man, let her buy. So. It was a, a common term in the West, and Wyoming claimed they originated as well as here at the Roundup. And but there was a, a infantry division formed in World War One that was made up primarily of, of men from Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. Mm -hmm. And their challenge and password were. Uh, Powder River, Letter Buck. Oh. And uh, so it was a, a fairly common phrase, and it's in the Wyoming State University fight song. But Pendleton equally claims it, and we've... Uh, we trademarked it, yes. so... 
So we, go. we own it. Yes. And yeah. we just uh, are celebrating the 100th anniversary of a unit that was formed from cowboys that competed here at the Roundup Call. It was Troop D, Oregon Cavalry, and they were all volunteers. Yeah. And when they went to France, they were converted from cavalry to artillery. So on all of their artillery pieces, they painted letter buck. Really? And when they would travel by train, they always chalked letter buck on the car wherever they went. So it was a, they spread the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) How marvelous. Well, you men have done a lot for this roundup. Casey, how long have you been? with the organization? I've been in this position as the general manager for about three and a half years mm-hmm. now, but before that, my family have had connections to the Roundup going back almost to the beginnings. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather and father and brother competed here. We were in the rodeo stock contracting business, so we provided the bucking stock here, the horses and bulls, for many, many years. Uh, my brother was a famous pickup man here. Um, it's become part of Roundup lore for some of the things that he did. Um, one of my nieces was a princess and a queen. So we've had, you know... You're completely this, involved so with we've your family. Had, one way or another, we've been part of it. And I have lots of cousins and, and uh, nephews that are competing now that still are part of the round. Very impressive. Tell me about the mascots and the clowns you have in the ring during the events. This this is an important part of, of rodeoing, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of the entertainment side. So when things slow down a little bit, if a, if a horse is in the chute and he's stalled out a little bit, he's thinking twice about letting that cowboy on. You know, there's there's just gaps. And so and rather than to let the, the air get stagnant, you know, we have entertainers. And so... Mm-hmm. One of the greatest entertainers that's been to the Pendleton Roundup and still is loved to the core, he's in our DNA, is Flint Rasmussen. And Flint Rasmussen is a Montana gentleman that, he, he was a school teacher, but I think his entertainment value is probably missed in the classroom, but rodeo fans everywhere love Flint. He's since become a, uh, a PBR, bull, bullfighter, entertainer, and mm-hmm. and. He's written a song about Pendleton, and, uh, you know, we've really had trouble finding somebody that can, can. it's almost like cheating on, the, if the fans feel like it's cheating on Flint if we, if we actually loved somebody else. Exactly. But, <laughs> the most frequent question I get or complaint is, why can't you get Flint back? Is that right? That's followed then by, why can't you get George Strait for the kickoff? <laughs> so, but he is a, he is a, a legend. And he really is beloved by the community, and he still comes back, forms once a year here. Uh, at our PBR at event. PBR event. So, He's so well-loved. A couple of years ago, they asked him to speak at the high school graduation. Is that and right? And he, he knocked it out of the park. So Is and that right? He's yeah. also enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And this was the first rodeo to have its own Hall of Fame. That's a really interesting well, story. He set a very high mark that been beyond the reach of most other people to to equal it yeah can i ask both of you is 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 there one special thing about the roundup that really you would say encapsulates it you know other than what you've already shared with me there must be we have trouble identifying it because we live it all the time Mm -hmm. but it must be because everybody wherever we go 
they see the Pendleton Roundup on our shirt mm-hmm. or on our badge, and they say, I want to get there before I die. It's a bucket list thing for nearly every rodeo fan. Yeah, I yeah. think it is the history, but it really is the authenticity. And I'll put it this way. I don't remember his name, but I had a writer from National Geographics that came here my first year as publicity director, which was uh, 2011. And he had a photographer also, but he called me before the event and he said, there must be something wrong with uh, with my computer because I can't find... There's, it shows like no hotel rooms. And I said, oh no, there's, there's nothing wrong. There are no hotel rooms. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm, I want to come and cover the event. Would you give me press credentials? I said, well, sure, I'll give you press credentials. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but what am I going to do? I said, I'll tell you what, I've got a room for you. You just come. And, uh, and he had a great time while he was here. His story was the love affair that the American Indian has with its horses. Oh, And so it was a great story, and he, his photographer did well, but he called me a week afterwards, Mm -hmm. after the rodeo event. He said, you know, Randy, he said, I'm not even sure why I'm calling you, but he said, I find myself, I'm back in my flat in New York City, and he said, I find that all I can talk about is my experience at the Pendleton Roundup. He said, life used to be different, and I had other things to talk about. Mm-hmm. He said, the problem is nobody here believes me that it happened. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm just calling to touch bases and say, did that really happen? Yeah. And I said, yeah, it really happened. He said, I knew it. <laughs> he said, but, but the funny part is, he says, I really think you guys are like that year round. Yeah. And I said, we are. Why don't you come back? And we'll go to dinner tonight, and all your new friends will be there. And he said, I knew it. I knew it. He says, how am I going to explain this to people? And that kind of capsulates it. Mm -hmm. He said, where else would I go on the planet where I could walk in? Somebody's going to hand me keys to a hotel room. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to throw my rental car keys in the drawer Mm -hmm. because I can walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. And everywhere I'm safe, everywhere people's faces are up and they're saying hi, they're they're greeting me. hospitality is huge. He goes, it's just just unbelievable. He says, nobody here looks up. Everybody looks down. And Mm -hmm. in there, everybody looks up. They all look eye. They're they're afraid they're going to miss their friend if they look away. Exactly. he said, how do you explain that? Nobody, nobody's, nobody has that experience here. And he's finding a level of trust that's rather extraordinary, you know, outside of New York City. Uh, it's a wonderful story. And I think for the contestants, it's part of being, being part of the stream of history. Uh-huh. They know that when they're competing, they're doing it. The only rodeo they go to where they still use the run-in for their opening events. I read about that. Yeah. Um, and it takes extra skills. And Randy had mentioned earlier that there are some competitors that only train a certain way and their their skills are confined to a rodeo. Here you have to be a real cowboy. You have to have a better trained horse. You have to push your courage a little further to go out on the grass at high speed. So it's not, it kind of separates the, you know, the real cowboys from the rest of the competitors. And in the bucking shoots, when you saw the, the highly painted Mm-hmm. Um, wooden shoots. When they get on there, they have that sense of history that they're getting in the same shoots that Casey Tibbs did, that Ty Murray, that um, those legends in our sport, they can palpably feel they're a part of that stream of history. A thing that I really like is uh, 
that we let the contestants sit on the grass. And it's kind of like the boys of summer feeling mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they're out there sitting, watching. No other place they go to do they get that. And so they have a real sense of camaraderie while they're here. They can stay in the Hotel de Cow Punch. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Which is another unique thing at the Roundup. And a famous, um, our friend, even that Pendleton is known for its Western crafts, mm -hmm. saddle making, silversmiths, hat makers, boot makers, that still live on here. Mm -hmm. So the Severe Brothers, one of the most famous saddle making families in the world, have a shop that's up at the old airport. Then it's in an old World War II Army Air Corps barracks. So they've taken one of the buildings and put bunk beds in the top, and that's where a lot of the cowboys stay when they're here really? for the... And they play cards and sing and tell stories, and it's a just very unique feature that they look forward to coming mm -hmm. here and being mm -hmm. part of that when they... So it's at the end of the rodeo year. Um, they're competing to qualify to go to the national finals, but it's uh, kind of like harvest time here. We're celebrating harvest. Well, for them, it's getting to the end of the rodeo year the same way, and it's kind of a celebration of mm -hmm. their year and a chance to see each other again and slow down long enough to actually have time to visit and do things and a lot of them bring their families here because it is a great family experience as well so it's a, this is fantastic so I, I think that that marks us apart from most of the other rodeos that yeah they go there's to. a personal touch here that's rather extraordinary isn't it and and where you kind of weigh up to other rodeos you're the most popular I understand Really, because of all these elements we're talking about. How does one say that about themselves? But <laughs> Go ahead. We have, I'll just say this, I think we have a lot more international press that wants to come here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I give press credentials to about 120 different individuals at the roundup time mm -hmm. because I think we're the most photographic. Mm -hmm. There isn't any other rodeo that has the beautiful green grass in the background of the photos or has those bucking shoots in there. We have no commercial advertising in the arena at all. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, The only thing you're going to see in the arena of signage is going to say Pendleton Roundup. It's going to say Letterbuck. Mm -hmm. And everything, so it's, that just adds to the authenticity of it. We pass by a lot of sponsorship dollars because we don't allow that in there. But Pendleton's not an easy place to get here. you got to come on purpose. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when you get here... We want it to be yeah. worth the trip. And yeah. so, you know, I think that we're popular because we're different. And one of the things we hear from other rodeo committees is don't change. Keep these traditions. You guys are the care keepers of what rodeo was and the spirit of what rodeo is intended to be. And, uh, you know, they'll say things like, we changed. We, we changed some things. We added, mm -hmm. we added the commercialism to it. We took money, and uh, it, it really did change the heart of our rodeo. So although the Pendleton Roundup is constantly looking for better ways to introduce a contemporary audience mm -hmm. to our sport, um, it has to feel and smell and breathe like the tradition of what it is. So That's we, really beautifully put. Yeah. We spent eight and a half million dollars to improve our seating on the on the west end for our centennial celebration, and it's beautiful down there now. 
people have nice bathrooms they can they can slip out of spacious rows to get out to they don't have to climb over each other on two by 12 planking anymore right. you know and they don't have to bake in the sun there's vendors down there on that on that end and there they can buy t-shirts and hats down there it's much more of a contemporary experience but when you come onto the arena side of it it's still the same it's it's still, it's still the same you know, if you talk to her about the 1910 room we did, and and then we added the. But we wanted to have a little higher experience for some people because mm-hmm. some people, when they go to rodeos that are inside, they have sky boxes, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a nice experience where you can have a catered, you know, experience. And so last year, just trackside, we added, um, we added a, a, a five star tent experience where celebrity chef Max Germano travels over from Portland and works together with. Kristen Swaggart, our culinary arts teacher at Pendleton High School, and um, she uses the culinary arts students as his sous chefs and his wait staff, and it's a great experience for those kids, a great educational opportunity, and we provide a quiet, elegant experience for people that want to buy a ticket and sit at dining room tables with tablecloths, trackside, and And Pendleton whiskey. And Pendleton whiskey. He comes up with fantastic courses i think last year he had a uh, pork loin with blackberry and pendleton whiskey reduction sauce on it that was fabulous he had he developed five signature pendleton whiskey drinks that were only available in that 1910 room and of course 1910 being the the year that we started you started of course and um and uh, I think his dessert was remarkable, too. He made his own graham cracker, he made his own marshmallow, and he mixed his own chocolate with a little bit of heat on the finish for his, his elegant s'more. And it was, oh, he, he lined them up and he, he torched them with a little propane torch, and oh my gosh, that was, that was, that was letter buck at a new level, I tell you what. It was, those were great. And we found that it introduced us to a, a new group of fans mm-hmm. who some came for the foodie experience but realized they loved the rodeo. And it was also, we think, uh, important. Our, one of our core missions is supporting youth and education. Mm-hmm. And it allowed to work, uh, us to work with the culinary arts program at the high school. And a lot of those kids that are involved in that program wouldn't necessarily be the ones that would volunteer to come to the roundup so we got a chance to work with a new group of kids and they once they were here they absolutely loved it and we've had some that have graduated and are coming back this year to be part of the 1910 move but it, it does have an authenticity because if you're at the table in the edge of the arena you still have the chance of getting dirt kicked in your face during the indian relay races right <laughs> you're in the sun you're in the wind it's you really are trackside and have a very unique view of the rodeo that draws you in. So it's a it's a arena side dining and a very unique experience. I so think you just have developed to have it all now. But I have to say that I think if I had my choice, I'd go back to 1910 and sit on my horse for the 10 cents and have the real experience. So I might fall off, but hey, I'd want to be there. The Happy Canyon theatrical production is an essential part of the Pendleton Roundup tradition. It is a reenactment of the settling of the American West, filled with the pageantry of the Native Americans and the arrival of Lewis and Clark. 
The actors are volunteers. They are members of the community who have proudly handed down their parts to play from generation to generation. The show is now the oldest Wild West show in the country. They celebrated 100 years last year, so this year it's going to be 101 years. And there's really only one rehearsal for the show because everybody has learned it from their predecessors. Mm -hmm. And so there's a cast of... There's like 600 volunteers that put on Happy Canyon from the people behind the scenes doing the animals. Mm -hmm. There's oxen in the show. There's mules in the show. Of course, horses in the show. There's longhorn steers in the show. And then there's, there's kids from newborns in the show being carried around in, as papooses or on flatboards. There's, there's little kids in the show coming out of the trunk act as well as there's just the elders that are in the show. It's been a, a tribal tradition since, um, what would it be, 1916. That's and, um, and it's really, the teepee village is where the, the, the tribal community lives. Mm -hmm. They participate center stage during the roundup, during the rodeo itself. There's a section in there where they come out and they do competitive drumming and dancing. And it's right in the middle of the rodeo. It's as authentic as you can get. And then the evening pageant tells the story of their history. Mm -hmm. And then, of course... After the, the tribe is the sad scene, they're banished off of the... Then it becomes kind of vaudevillian as the western street front mm -hmm. takes place and all of the silly things that happen with the sheriff and the, mm -hmm. the, the, the band. And it, it ends with a, a fantastic patriotic tribute as... Bryson Bronson, Native American, rides Chinook, this beautiful paint pony, up the scenery to the very top, carrying an American flag with a presentation of, on, on the ground floor of the quadrille, which is, which is riders, male and female riders, horseback, doing square dancing routine, basically at high speed, interweaving, and it's very intricate, it's very impressive, and I'm kind of shivering now just thinking about very it. Very individual. As, and then it ends with a presentation of the national anthem, and then everybody's invited to Goldie's Bar, and there's a dance, <laughs> and there's, there's mayhem and mystery, and it's just... That is that we just can leave it there. You can let yep. everybody Everything imagine the, the good times that roll on. And you know what? The thing about it is, is that everybody's good natured. Mm -hmm. So I think as long, I think we sell as much alcohol as ever at the Pendleton Roundup. Pendleton whiskey, of course, being the favored brand for mm -hmm. all local folks. But we have zero arrests here. I don't think we've had. It's just, it's just people of goodwill mm -hmm. coming to have a good time. And we just really work hard to downplay any bad elements that would want to be yeah. here. And I think we're very successful at that because really it is family. And so strangers, when they come, they're only strangers until they get in the gate. Mm -hmm. And then they catch a hold of the fact that there's something else going on here. All of our press that come here, I tell them, you have to have, I can't give you this press credential unless you come back here with a cowboy hat, a long sleeve, <laughs> button-up western shirt, you have to have denim pants and boots. If you come back like that, then I'll give you this press credential. But until you come back like that, you're not, you can't be here. And they'll say, why? We go to NBA games. We cover, you know, mm -hmm. president. We do all of this. I said, yeah, but what do you want to have pictures of? They say, cowboys. I said, yes. And you're going to be the cowboy in the back of somebody else's photo. This is family. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're a cowboy now. Come along. 
Folks, if you are looking for an unusual adventure, consider the Pendleton Roundup Rodeo. You will be welcomed as family with an unforgettable hospitality that only Pendleton can offer. September 13th through the 16th for the rodeo events and September 9th for the concert by country western singer Gary Allen. And don't miss the Westward Ho Parade on Main Street. Go to PendletonRoundup.com, book your tickets, and let her buck. This is Pamela Coon, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage. Cut a path across the blue skies.